Hi, and welcome to Abbott After Class, where two besties for the resties and retired childhood overachievers recap for you the sitcom that has us and Black Twitter in a chokehold right now, Abbott Elementary. And I absolutely have to. We're not retired. Um, Anyway, Abbott Elementary is a sitcom series written and pitched by the T-H-E-E, Quinta Brunson, who took all of her peers on a colossal come up from BuzzFeed and is now putting on one of the best shows on network television right now because one it is so hard to not only be this funny but also this black on network tv and yet here we are emmy wins and all i am your co-host b hey there my name is ec it's lovely to meet you the rest of you not b i've been known b (laughs) yeah you know we go together (laughs) real bad Lovely people, I know that this might seem, I'm going to say this and you're going to go, why on earth would you tell us this? This came out over a year ago um, because there, because this, the year of our Lord 2023 was the first year that I listened to Channel Orange by Frank Ocean. Okay. Some of us, hold it. I, I, <laughs> what I'm going to say is that some of us need to wait until we're ready to engage with the material. And I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. this time in life that I'm in, I listened to it at exactly the right time. I'm happy I didn't have Twitter, so I didn't have spoilers up and down for that album, okay? So we're going to give you a spoiler warning every single episode so that you know what is coming. And also because y'all heifers on Twitter are disrespectful. Who got cable? Who, who has cable? What are you doing? Nobody has nobody has cable in 2023, and I need y'all to at least respect the 48-hour rule. Let it come out on Hulu Thank the next you. day, please. Some of us are I on beg. Young Hulu. Some of us got that young Spotify Hulu bundle for $10 a month. Hello. No placement. I'm not Hello. even advocating for this. Get it off your old boyfriends. <laughs> Don't pay for this shit if you can. But I'm just saying that not everybody has a granny to siphon cable off of. I don't know who y'all are and I don't know what depth of hell you crawled out from under, but tweeting through the episode on at 6 a.m. on Tuesday fucking morning before he's even hit ABC is disrespectful. We used to be- We, we used to have some cooth. Decorum. Yes. So you will absolutely be getting a spoiler warning every single episode. If you have yet to see the pilot of this amazing show, you know, get your life, but also take your time. I'm not here to judge. That being said, before we even get into it, I do want to talk about this just a smidge. How did you actually find out about Quinta? Because I know how I did, but I imagine yours might be the same. You want to say it on three? Ready? All right. One, three, two. Okay. (laughs) Oh. BuzzFeed. Period. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. There was only one way. There was only one way. (laughs) This was the only way this could go. (laughs) Oh, he got money? was how most of us interacted with Quinta. I actually think that my first piece of media with her that was viral was Don't Tag Me. Nobody remembers that, but I felt that in my bones. When you out on a night out and y'all take wild pictures and then you tagged up and down and now it's in everybody's Facebook feed when that was a thing. (laughs) Yes, it was a whole Don't Tag Me music video. And I was like, who is this young lady? Mine was actually the video called Short Person, like Short People Problems, which, you know, applicable. Mm -hmm. She's a short legend, short queen. She's a Quinta the Pony. Either way, please. T-H-E-E, the pony. Either way, because she's not a stallion. No, I, she can't I, be a stallion. I got it. I got, I got it. it. I got it. There's, there's, you know, there's pony, horse, stallion. We, we's ponies. That being said, I have been watching Quinta since BuzzFeed. I remember when she had that show on BuzzFeed. I think it was called Broke. Mm-hmm. Again, centering around friends from Philly. Yep. 
Then Quinta moved to Facebook. And then now this, now we're here. And I mean, wow, Emmy noms, writing, show running, acting. She does it it's all. really the run of a lifetime. And I think a lot of us in Gen Z, because we're, you know, young black queers. That's why we're here. That's why we like this show. I think there's a lot of us young black queers that are really, really, really into Abbott Elementary. Gang gang. Um, we're watching somebody legitimize themselves in a field that wanted them to be illegitimate so bad. Social media notoriety, um, social media influence is like the new money version of um, media and Hollywood. You're not supposed to be taken seriously. You're supposed to enjoy your 15 minutes of fame and get on out. Like you are not supposed to end up with the best show on network television, the, the show that's breaking records, the show that everybody's tuning in for, the show that everybody is waiting for them to pay these damn writers their fee so we can get back to our television. Hey, though. Exactly. So to watch Quinta say, I don't care what y'all bitches say, y'all gonna see me. Mm. It's it's a huge inspiration, especially not just as like young black folks trying to make their way in the world, but also people that have desires to be creative and desires to be multifaceted. Yeah. It's not just showrunner. It's not just writer extraordinaire. It's not just actress. It's all the above that and more. Also a bomb ass memoir. Thank you. Yep. Mm. Mm. We'd love to see it. Quinta, uh, I'm taller than you, but I look up to you. You know, that's that type By of By how much? How much, B? Now you mind your tall person business. <laughs> Down here, we handle amongst our own. You got it? You got it? <laughs> All the five foot three girlies, we know what to talk about amongst ourselves. Y'all go ahead and be tall elsewhere. Go be good in your lavender. <laughs> that being said... I want to talk about the cast before we get into this episode. So obviously, Quinta is Janine Teagues. Like this was what I think brought, I'm not going to say brought most people, but I think a lot of people did kind of get pulled in because we saw Quinta. We go, okay, yeah, sure, I'm watching. Oh, 3,000%. So very happy. I really love and respect the writing of this show because we, we, just full disclosure, we have seen both seasons as they come out. So there are some things that I'll talk about in an arc. No spoilers, promise. Mm Mm-hmm. Quinta has done an amazing job understanding that she was the face, she was the pull, and making sure to cast people that would solidify this as an ensemble-style sitcom. Because she really could have just made it the Quinta show. She could have just stayed in her spotlight and, you know, said, all eyes on me, this is going to be my time to shine. But clearly she wanted bigger and better things for her co-stars, for the co-writers. She got a lot of people from BuzzFeed, so literal, like, I'm, I don't know what Homies. her day one was. So I won't say day ones necessarily, but people been, it's been back. It's been a decade since I graduated high school and people were shipping her and Justin Tan. She moved, I think Issa talked about this, networked laterally. Yeah. She brought up colleagues. She brought friends with mm-hmm. her. So I really, really appreciate the all-star cast that we have coming in hot. You know her. You love mm-hmm. her. The one. The... Cheryl Lee Ralph is starring as Mrs. Barbara Howard. Mrs. Barbara Howard is a kindergarten teacher extraordinaire, is a veteran of Abbott Elementary, and is such a beautifully written archetypal and not caricature. Yes. Yes, of the Black community. Now, one thing that I'm going to just get on this very quick soapbox now, I've had a lot of beef with Black sitcoms that have existed over the past couple years or so, a handful of years. I'm not going to name names, but it seems to be a lot of writing 
for people that are not Black? I think we've talked about this and the conversation that we've had is there's a lot of shows that we feel like are conversations about Black people instead of Black people. Mm -hmm. The emphasis on Black versus the emphasis on people. Mm -hmm. It's storytelling while Black versus Black storytelling. There's a nuance there. Precisely. That's why we stay saying the phrase, it is so hard to be this Black and this funny on network TV because it is so easy to get watered down in order to green light the show. And so clear how much the cast of writers, not just Quinta Wright, because it's it's a really amazing cast of writers, directors, and actors are not budging or sacrificing on how much of an active politics they are putting into the show, which is one of the reasons that we want to talk about it. It's not just jokes. No. No, definitely not. In fact, there's, I think a great joke is, I think some of my favorite jokes are political because- you need to be able to like have a conversation about politics, but it doesn't always have to be grim, like in a business suit, like mm-hmm. lecturing. Yes. It can be ha ha he he, but also we should talk about This is it. how community happens. It's what do people like a Barbara Howard feel about their community? What supports do they need? What kinds of ways do they invest? And what kinds of ways can they get ignored as a Black patriarch or expected things of or et cetera? You know, like I love to see stories like that centered And I think that the casting did a really incredible job of creating an intergenerational cast that mimics the school system and that also draws in an intergenerational audience. Speaking of casting, pulling someone in, ooh, come on down, Miss Lisa Ann Walter. Black people, there's no S. I was so surprised. I still call her Lisa Ann Walters. Mm -hmm. I do. But she is playing Miss Melissa Shamenti Yagaba Goods. <laughs> I believe she is a second grade teacher, right. audacious redhead. I have a little bit of a crush on Miss Walter. Lot. I, I have, have a lot to of confess. What, what are we even saying? <laughs> Many of us know her from the Parent Trap. She was um, fine, it you? is. It's nice to see her again. I was like, oh hey, what are you doing here? Nice to see you. She was a lovely surprise, and once again, I feel like it's a a really intentional choice with character building and casting because there is a lot of solidarity between this type of white person and yep. underfunded schools for black children. Organized I mean, just each thinking, other, that's all. I mean, just thinking about like the way that they, like the people that they are casting are such high quality. I mean, she's also like a known comic. Industry the timing yep. is insane. Like, this is someone, this is a star player. This is someone that you need on your team. 3,000%. Another person that has quite a long uh, repertoire that I had definitely not heard of. You know, Black Famous and White Famous is very real. Different. I saw this man pop up and I was like, come on, up and coming. And then I looked at the IMDb and I said, oh, damn. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, here. I'm very wrong. It is, it does seem to be a first foray into action and drama. We got Chris Perfetti. As Jacob Hill, who is playing a different kind of white teacher, <laughs> uh, one that, you know, stays quoting uh, Cornel West. who He tones, he, he toes that line of like, I rock with you and shut up. But I think that's what I like about him, that you, you can just be like, shut up, Jacob. He'll be like, you're right. Yeah. I, I do like that. Yeah. Also, accomplished and fine. Like that kind of threw me off recently. I saw him like in regular non-Jacob Hill. No, because Jacob Hill is a, is a plucky character. I might pinch his cheeks and call him a handsome young man. Chris Perfetti is out here. With, <laughs> I was like, no, wait a second. 
Wait a minute. I don't have bangs. I don't have bangs, but I'll tell you right now. I moved a bang and I said, let me take a second gander. A young Debbie Ryan. Exactly. Speaking of just amazing, talented, I am actually obsessed with Janelle James. Janelle James is so funny. I did not know about her. And I feel like I want to go like back to past me and be like, you fool. Mm. She is hilarious. Her stand-up. Chef's kiss. Actually, if you have not watched Janelle James stand-up, you really need to get your life. Go ahead and go ahead and do that. But she is playing the villain of not of this season. Like she's definitely she's got some villainous, you know, traits. Almost definitely. Ava Coleman. Oh, yes. I really, really enjoy seeing Janelle James shine in what is a breakout role for her. Yeah. yeah. Now she's one that I was like, oh, I must have missed you. And I was like, oh, oh no, you just this good this fast. Like you just got it. Talent, bro. The talent on this cast. I really love to see it. Uh, I have the honor of introducing Mr. William Stanford Davis, who is coming in as Mr. Johnson. We have no idea what his first name is. I get the idea that we're never going to find out. Mr. Yeah, we might be a, a sleeper pick because he is Yo. also an industry vet and he was supposed to make a fun guest appearance on one scene in the first pilot episode and then yep. got written in as a full-time member of the cast. Because of one word. they We had the honor of going to, I think, Paley Fest yeah. a while ago. And so we got to see the cast talk about this. And they talked about this at length, how originally, I think it wasn't supposed to be Illuminati. It was supposed, it was to, say supposed like, to be something like Broom. And he was like, nah, we should say it like this. And it was genius. And the, it, the show was just changed. And now I can't even imagine what the show would look like without the chaotic neutral that is mr johnson he's the right amount of mischief but innocent mischief it's a lovely to see and it is also another staple of the black community i most definitely have a mr johnson in my back well you know you keep a you keep a couple dollar bills on you in case you need a favor a pack of gum and maybe a half a cigarette he'd be like all right what you need He's just, he's actually my favorite character. Like, Bar if you none. were to ask me, I was like, it would always have to be him. Bar none. Um, so I will be taking great pleasure in this. Um, I get to introduce Isis. I would say not favorite character, because I know you're on Mr. Johnson High. I am. But I also do know, you know, you got a couple dollars behind the Mr. Tyler James Williams as Gregory Eddie. When we talk about casting... This is when we talk about creating intergenerational like notoriety because this is someone that, like Shirley Ralph, I think certain generations have placed people in certain spots. Right. And this is someone that I don't think we've get, gotten to really see him fully fleshed out as an adult in this type of situation. Mm-hmm. He had a he had a stint on the Walking Dead the Zombie show, but I mean, this is really shoving him back in the face of what I I'm going to go on a limb and say, I think black people again. I personally didn't watch the zombie show. No. I'm also a little scary. Yeah. I don't love violence. I don't love death. Yeah. Things. I just don't need, I don't need to like, I watch I am legend. what the apocalypse looks no, like. No, I like, I, I can't get that. Please say hello to me scene from I am legend out my head. I was like, I'm good on the I've never seen that. No, you don't need to. I don't believe in watching apocalypse things or trauma. Especially now where black people life. die. Why? I'm good. If I wanted to see that, I could just open the window. It's, you know what I do love Literally. to see? Tyler James Williams grown with a fine-ass haircut. 
Now, I think this is where I'm going to bring this okay, up. Okay, now hold everyone. on a damn minute, because hey, that hey, was fair. It wasn't, it wasn't an indictment on you, but it just reminded me. However, if the shoe fits, <laughs> you go ahead and, you know, proceed as needed. What I was going to say, audience, was that there is, um, as best friends, you know, you just get to know your bestie. And so EC had a little bit of a little, I'm going to say desire, lust. Quest for heated fellowship. I don't know whatever. Like. Heated fellowship. Gregory Eddie. <laughs> Gregory Eddie came on the scene, and you were you were sitting in my messages, and I was I had to be I had to be a part of it. I was like I just I just opened my phone, so I made a drinking game for it um, that we would participate in, and now I want to share it with the world. I would not suggest alcohol. Never. Though. I don't um, even drink. N- neither of us drink <laughs> is the funniest part. We're just drinking teas and waters, <laughs> hydrated. But um, just every time EC says something a little lustful, take a sip. And I'll be honest, I'm going to be on the board too. Maybe not towards Greg. That's not my, that's, he's not exactly where I'm going to be placing most of my lust. I do see it though. But just know when there's a little bit of lust, you go ahead and take a sip. Cool down. Hydrate. He got some big ass ears even still. And he can go ahead and bring those over here. Let me tell you something. I understand. You want to go ahead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, take a sip myself. Stay hydrated, folks. All right. Well, with that being said, we're going to enter right into this pilot uh, Emmy, right? Ain't yep. going to win an Emmy for this? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Head writer on that show. Head bitch in charge. Clearly. It was an immaculate, immaculate pilot. I think that... Staying on track with storytelling can be a little bit difficult when you have this many players in the game. Mm-hmm. And this Emmy is a masterclass in how to not only push a story forward rapid pace, it's also masterclass in how to plant multiple seeds at once so that we know what to expect, not just for the episode, not just for the season, but actually the series. Yeah, it's... It's very difficult, and a lot of shows have bad pilots, I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. Not because a pilot episode is hard. Like, you have to be able to get so many different concepts off the ground in what, to some, is, you know, maybe a 20-minute slot because you got to count for a commercial. It's difficult. And so to see it done well, I haven't seen a pilot this good in a long time. Yeah, the first watch was great. And it definitely did not, like, I watched the first episode and was like, oh, this is everything I imagined. I'm so happy. The rewatch, I was like, this was so much better than what I thought it was. I forgot. And it was a, it was a delight to go back Mm -hmm, towards. mm -hmm. We're not going to tell you what we forgot because spoilers. But what you do need to know is that the arc of the episode follows centrally Mrs. Janine, sorry, Miss (laughs) Janine Teagues. I know. (laughs) Starting out her second year of teaching. She's teaching kindergarten at Abbott Elementary, which is a public school, publicly funded, thus chronically underfunded school in the city of Philadelphia. I don't like the term inner city. It's highly racially coded. What I am going to say that it is a city school with primarily, honestly, I think exclusively or near exclusively black children in attendance. So definitely students of color. Yes, yes. There might be some students of color dabbled in there, but it's a, it's a like I'm gonna say over ninety percent black school. We honestly love to see that, and we know from jump that Miss Janine Teagues is someone who is a product of the. Philadelphia's public school system herself. 
She went to school, became a teacher, and went right back to the community that raised her and is now getting her ass beat by these kids because they don't take her serious for shit. <laughs> yeah, they don't. No, they don't. We also see a couple themes of, you know, just being strapped for cash, broke, underfunded, under-resourced, and how different kinds of teachers deal with the constant stressors of not having enough but still needing to complete your job. And what it looks like when you're in community with people that you need to work with but might not otherwise jive with. We get that from yeah. an administrative level, from a teacher-to-teacher -teacher level, even some students that are like, now why would you make that decision? But <laughs> we're going <laughs> to... We gonna get there. We gonna get there. We gonna get there. We gonna get there. All right. So let's just let's just get into it because we're gonna just go scene by scene. We're gonna get through our highlights, our clips, important parts, and that's gonna be kind of how we do this. Cold open. Starting off in Janine's classroom. Like this is the start of the show. We are in Janine's classroom. This is we're meeting Janine. Mm -hmm. And so we're getting introduced to Janine. She's walking through the classroom. She's doing an activity with her students. And, you know, they're doing an activity. Kids start to get rambunctious. And she starts counting. And she gets up to 10. Ooh, it was painful. Look, genuinely painful. And, I mean, they don't really pull any punches. Like, this is within the first five minutes. We get her, we get her cold open. I'm sorry. They don't really pull any punches. We get to see the like the politics of Abbott so clearly so early on. Mm -hmm. She starts talking about how they have books that are old because she's saying, oh, yeah, there's three presidents past. I think their last president was George H.W. Bush, Wild. which was 2008. Ooh. And so she's had to tape in three other presidents. Then she gets we get her first confessional. And so she even says, and I think you might have the quote, but in short, she's saying or commenting that, yeah, you know, the school district says we has no have no. The school district says we have no money, but the stadium down the street is having all these giant renovations happen. Yeah, the exact quote is, the city says there isn't any money, but they're doing a multi-million dollar renovation to the Eagle Stadium down the street from here. So, it, like, within eye distance. Yeah. And I mean, on top of that, in terms of, like, just throwing everything at us at once. So we already see, like, oh, there's a conversation about money, you know, schools not having the resources that they need, but other places that do they really need to have That's the a policy like, choice, right? Poverty is a, a policy, policy choice. choice. Mm -hmm. Then we're already kind of getting introduced to Janine's character. We see she's a little overzealous. Also, we find out it's her second year. So she's a, she's a little new. She's not fully green. She's maybe a... Seafoam, oh, so to speak. I mean, these kids are straight up snickering when she says one, two, three by four. This child is turned around back to teacher, snickering face mm. to camera like he laughing at her. It's bad. That's rough. And by the time we leave this cold open, there's a child peeing on the rug, which I couldn't understand his logic. <laughs> I really, I really tried. I really gave him my best. His classmates, he really just whipped that thing out. You know what? I suppose when you got to go, you got to go. But the rug? It, it, oh, Lord, it was a choice. You said the trash can behind the desk. Something. No, just straight up on the rug. <laughs> and Janine runs back in this classroom and is like, why? And he's like, toilet was broken. Didn't know what to do. <laughs> they do have broken toilets. So I was like, you know what? I kind of get it. I get it. Oh, Jesus. Help me. Help me, God. I wasn't making the best decisions in second grade. I didn't actually go to second grade. Never mind. Yeah. I didn't go to second grade, so I'm actually going to rescind my statement. All right, accelerator reader. Relax. <laughs> Relax. 
we get to Janine's classroom, we come back from this cold open. I love the cold open um, structure of shows because it it gives us a good hearty chuckle right in there. It's a moment to be able to world build without having to be tied to what is the sequential plot. I, I think it's, it's a little foreplay. It's a little foreplay. Exactly. You know, can't give it to a dry like that. You got to run it back. <laughs> so we get here. Um, and Janine is on her hands and knees rolling up this rug. And she hears Janine, why are you rolling up the rug? With horror. And it is from the one, the only, Mrs. Barbara Howard, who recognizes that losing the rug is a very big deal. Janine even says it's like a huge Xanax for the kids to sit on. Indeed. You, like, I remember my rug. Yeah, yes. Kindergarten, mm-hmm. terracotta, nice oh, rug. Yeah. Good for I had, I had a series of rugs. I absolutely loved them. My mom was actually a, a home daycare provider for the time I was like going into school. So kindergarten to after I came back from COVID from college and that was still what she was doing. So she's really done that our whole lives to sustain us. And her rug is very, very sacred. Like very sacred. Yeah, rugs are great. And then even like from a spiritual standpoint, lots of the Islamic faith, you'd be using like a prayer rug to create community, mm-hmm. be able to invite people on it to have tea. Like it's like, it's a very big deal. So to lose the rug as a as a classroom and the kids immediately go, well, where are we going to sit for story time? And Jenny has to say, I don't know, but we're going to figure it out. It's like, yeah. we can see that this is a very Sad. big cultural blow. It's a technical blow. It's just, it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. Janine has also played baby shark for the kids to distract from the fact that they're losing the rug, which is why Mrs. Barbara Howard is there in the first place, because she's like, my kindergarten camp, my kindergarten students camp focus is like, back that ass up for kids. And yes, it is. It is. Yes, it is. We jump to a quick Barbara Howard confessional. This is our first one. She has this to say. I am Barbara Howard, woman of God. I do my work. I go home. Iconic. An icon. From jump. That's literally like line 10 from her. And that's a meme that we're going to have in our Twitter repertoire for literally the rest of time. She gets her nails done every week. She loves teaching, period. Barbara Howard keeping it professional. She got on the wig. That That's a wig. Um, that's a I wig. do I do remember Shirley Rowe <laughs> talking about how much she hates the wigs. And I do understand a little bit. Because yeah, that, that's a shake and go wig. Indeed. And I do understand. It's, it's, the, it's the wig of a teacher that does indeed shake and go. She, she wakes up. She kisses her husband goodbye. She takes what I assume is a strong cup of coffee, but only one with a reasonable amount of cream and sugar. A little bit of cream, exactly. a little bit of sugar. Just a little bit. Not Nothing too crazy. You know, can't have people talk about, you know. Oh my God. Exactly. And sugar's a vice. We do know that. And Mrs. Barbara Howard is not counting with these kids. She's not playing with you hoes. You better not cuss in front of her. And you certainly will not laugh. She says, sit down. Because Janine starts her counting. I'm going to count to 10. And these kids are running around like field mice. And I mean, even like we leave from Barbara Howard's confessional back into the classroom. And so Janine's like, oh my God, how'd you get to, how'd you get like them to do that? And then she peeks her head out and she sees that Miss Barbara Howard has her kids in single file line outside the classroom. And then they all say in unison, good morning, Miss Teague, which first of all, talk about a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then Janine starts rambling about how Barbara, I'm sorry, Mrs. Barbara Howard reminds her of a teacher she was obsessed with. And then she starts really rambling. Then she starts talking about how she spent all of her time with her. Then she runs, then she mentions that she got, she, her teacher wrote on her report card, needs friends her own age, a bit clingy. The next sentence out her mouth is, did you get my email about us hanging out together? Which I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. And Miss Barbara Howard is ducking, she's ducking her. Oh, she's bobbing and weaving. She's going, oh, it was a spam. She's like, it went to spam. Oh, that only goes to you. Like, that only happens with you. Girl, read the room. And then she says, 
Bye, Mom! I mean, Miss Howard. They shoved so much in our faces. So I am talking like my mouth is full and they're shoving more crackers into my mouth. Like, please, I get it. I get it. I'm already overwhelmed and I see I see the issue. I see the problem. When I think about the fact that this is year two and Janine likely spent the entirety of year one doing this kind of shit, I understand why Barbara is quite literally running away. Mrs. Barbara Howard is hightailing her and her kids out there. So it, it's a little rough. We enter yeah. into, okay, there are these scenes in Abbott Elementary that don't happen often, but they do, they are like a cinematic masterpiece and also do so much world building for the structure of the school and the way that teachers interact with one another. We get a stair scene in which she's walking and talking with one of her colleagues. Colleague in this question is our resident white boy, Jacob Hill. The haircut on him also improves over time. Again, it's the reason, I feel like this hair is the reason that I saw this man at Paley Fest with a haircut that actually suited him and was like, you're handsome? I had no clue. I'll be honest, it was the beard, you know? It was, I just, it was it's, the beard. It's contouring for the face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nature's contouring. Exactly. Man, we know how y'all get down. Y'all ain't slick at all. So Janine does tell us in a confessional that she and Jacob are two the three teachers left out of 20, I believe, mm-hmm. that were new last 20. year. So she says trauma bonding, I guess, because it's clear. I think it's clear that she also doesn't like love Jacob's ass, but you know, they're their colleagues, they're peers yeah, they're you together. Yeah, you got what you got. <laughs> um, he's talking about nonsense. <laughs> A whole lot of nothing. I don't even remember, and I don't even want to recall, but I do remember that he references white talking fragility. About how the, he's talking about how Janine offers to go, like, oh, we should go to, like down the street, grab some cheese steaks. He's like, the guy behind the counter calls me white boy. Yeah. Um, he references white fragility. So, I mean, that quickly establishes his character. Like, they're so quick. They said, immediately, it's like, ooh, got it. All say, right, I placed it. Uh, okay. okay, 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 I got you. So they walk to the teacher's lounge. So they end up like, they're taking the scene, they go from, they're walking around the school and they end up in this teacher's lounge. We also get introduced to Melissa in the same scene because they walk into the teacher's lounge. Melissa's there. She gives a little quick quip because she lets him know, oh, it's an insult when he calls you white boy. Because of course she's the white person to know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we kind of get to see Melissa as, I mean, very clearly like mafia coded like i think we should just say it Real because she's original. not trying to give anybody any information she's just like name i teach this year we get a flash to her in the classroom she's teaching kids what a c note is which love that again back to her confessional she's really she's trying though because she's like you're from italy sicily from south like she's like so why what are we doing here like she's why am i talking not are you the thing you should tell me exactly listen and here's all i'm gonna say i'm not gonna name no names I'm just saying that the helping professions and organized crime are like this. So, I mean, we're back in the teacher's rugs and we find out that none of them have good rugs. Nobody has a good rug. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, while everyone's lamenting about their ruglessness, um, Ava comes in and we get introduced to... What it do, baby booze? It's, uh, it's, it's <sighs> Ava brought the ops into, um, she says immediately, you, y'all like this camera crew I bought. I want to pause here because this is excellent, excellent framework. Yes. Excellent. So I don't, uh, you, B, can definitely speak to the mockumentary style more than I could because it's now something that is established in the genre. I personally did not fuck with The Office. It's too, I, 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 there's only so much time I can listen to white folks talk. I'm going to be so real with y'all. However, um, okay. I can completely, I, like I understand that it's iconic and I respect it as an art. It's just not for me. But 
I'm happy to know that I get to participate in the mockumentary style and the framing here is quite excellent because we as the audience know who we are in this space. Yes. We're told immediately. They are so smart with the way that they do this too because it's such a different way of like commenting on us. Like other shows, because there are a lot of shows that do this, the most notable, The Office, A Parks and Rec, I think uh, Arrested Development does it. There's a whole bunch of shows that do it. But the way that they've immediately just been like, oh, don't forget you're the, don't forget that you're a voyeur here. Whereas other shows, I feel like they bring that up much later. Mm-hmm. And so I really... I think it was intentional. I'm excited to find out why and what that's going to be because it's very clearly a seed planted. Nothing about Abbott, because again, we've watched about two seasons now. Nothing about this show is just for buns. Yep. It's not like that. There's intentionality even behind randomness. Like random, the concept of random isn't even random itself. So I'm very excited to see how this goes because that's such a smart way to go. And so again, Ava's mentioning that she brought in these camera crew because they're looking at public schools across America. And that, like compared. underfunded, specifically underfunded public yep, schools sorry. in America, which is a point that Ms. Barbara Howard brings up. And Ava has the fucking brass to say, no press is bad press, Barb. Just look at Mel Gibson. Sh- I, I like I guess. jaw I guess. dropped and I usually drink tea during these shows. So I think I did burn myself. That was a lot. I guess because like, oh, wow. OK. Woo. Zooey mama. This is what we're saying um, about. You it's can political. be political without, and funny. yeah, and and funny. That's what satire is designed to be. It's designed to make you look at it without shoving it in your face, such that you want to shy away. Yep. So in this teacher lounge, we do get a quick confessional. It's just Janine and Melissa saying that Ava's bad at her job, which like no one's surprised here. So we're still in the teacher's lounge and in comes Miss Tina Schwartz, also going to quietly shout out, also from BuzzFeed. A very, like, I recognize her as a peer. Point say, her name, say her name, say her name, say her name. Hey, Peterman, so funny. So she comes in and she's like white girl frazzled. Like, you know, when their hair looks wildly and their eyes look like they're ready to like pounce or something? Yes, yes, yes. Like it's a trapped animal ready to pounce. Um, so she comes in like, Ava, like, I need an aid. She's like frantic. She's like, a kid told me to mind my six. I don't even know what that means. Watch your back. Literally. Well, literally. Well. And so in this same vein of like needing things, that's when Janine's like asking for new rugs and Ava's just not hearing. She's like, need, need, need. Y'all need to be more like Barb. And then Barbara looks shocked, which it's because she called her Barb. Why like, you girl, that? The hell? you don't know me like that. And Tina is just very clearly struggling. Janine tells her to do some breathing exercises and sends her on her way. So now we get Janine like, she's very clearly like trying to tug Melissa and Barbara in to support her. And Tina to try to get new things and it's not working Janine's Janine's you know method I don't always agree I am a Janine apologist I will say that up top yeah. we should state our biases yeah okay I'm also gonna come out as an Ava apologist uh happy pride month <laughs> <laughs> I understand mm-hmm. that that lady is wicked it is consistently deranged and out of pocket however it is also consistently real as fuck i don't really know what to say she's my one of my she's top two characters on the show for me in the same vein i will acknowledge that janine is boundaryless and cannot read a room At all. but as a short high-spirited woman <laughs> who struggles with boundaries yeah. and is learning to read yeah. rooms 
I feel sick. Okay. <laughs> so- okay. So I think as, you know, a cute five, seven power dresser who does love a bust down on occasion and is regularly given way too much authority, mm-hmm. I, I can understand where Ava is coming from. So bias is on the table. Okay. Mm-hmm. For, for, your listening, for your listening, yeah, pleasure, yeah, yeah. you need to know who we are and where we're coming from. Uh, Ava's buck wild this entire episode. Ava's buck wild this entire episode. And I don't have too much beef with Janine. I'm going to defend Janine. Period. So again, uh, Janine's trying to dig for Melissa and Barbara, and she's just not going about it the right way. Like you don't talk to your elders like uh, this. No, she says, "Oh, ladies, a little help." Which was wrong. Excuse was the wrong. fuck out of me, little Miss Pipsqueak. Let me tell you something. However, Ooh. no, 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 no. Barbara's retort. Oh, I got it. I got it. Because uh, she's like, I could use a little support, and Miss Barbara Howard is full of church girl shade. It is pointed. It is crisp, and it does not need to speak twice. She says. My support was going to do about as much as that five-year-old bra you got on there. I said, oh, oh, Jesus, help me, God. Because I was like, how did you read her bra for Phil through the t-shirt? But I didn't even want to get into that because I was like, she's a wizard. He's a wizard. And so she we're already so just- pointedly offended. Like, you knew that it was true, too. You saw that. I was like, yeah, girl, you didn't have that since you your first year of college, haven't you? <laughs> so I was just devastated. Again, talking about this, like, character building- we just, we find out so much and we start to see where a little bit of like this pointedness comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, Janine starts to bristle because Barbara mentions that the young teachers are not capable and she's just like, why are y'all asking for so many different things? Obviously, Janine already, her hackles are raised. Barbara is in her rant though. She's in her monologue bag. She's talking about how y'all be, Jacob's out here stepping out for smoke breaks. He Every switched five to minutes. herbal vape though. That's, he switched to a herbal vape though. Upsetting um, and absurd. Only but we do we do get to see I to me what is the root of I think some of Barbara's vitriol, which is she's very clearly upset that these new teachers do not last longer than two years. She goes on to say there's more turnovers here than a bakery. Mm. First of all, what a bar. Two reminder: Janine and Jacob are in their second year. The top, so the this top is of about their second year. The, yeah, this is about the time that they start packing their things up and heading on out. Mm-hmm. So of course she's like, children need structure. She's like, and y'all are rotating faster and y'all are, you're, you are a hindrance more than a help if you're coming in and out. As my grandmother would say, you're not going to be in and out this house. You need to be in or out. Choose one. And the big thing here is that Janine is looking to them for support, which really just translates for Melissa and Barbara as extra work. So why yes. would I go out of my way to create more work for myself when you're not going to be here in eight months? Girl, move. Talk about ladies. She hasn't, she hasn't established, I don't think that she has been established in their eyes as a colleague more than just someone who's here for a little bit. Someone you know? who needs extra fucking babysitting because y'all need every fucking thing. But, I mean, it's Janine, so she's still going to try and get them rugs. So Jacob, you know, she enlists Jacob to help her get those rugs. And then he starts, you know, doing what the white people do, which is mentioning their trip to Africa. He talks about his Zimbabwe. And even Janine has to be like, what do we talk about? Mm-mm. Let's zip it. Pin your lips. <laughs> Close them. Exactly. So... Janine goes into a very brief confessional, which only don't even matter that much because the tea is that a child busts in and is like, yo, Miss Swartz just kicked a kid. <laughs> and everybody's in the hallway going crazy. So we rush over there and they are looking at each other. Like, it is clearly the range. This is a classic public school fight. Like, we're all information. It's two people in the them. center. It's two people on either side of them hyping them up. This, this woman literally does look like a crazed animal. And she says, he hit me first. And she's liar. Nuts, nuts. You are an adult person. 
hitting a child. Ooh, we get a series of like back-to-back confessionals of what you can do and what you cannot do. You can scream. You can threaten them low-key. You can do this, that, and the third, which you cannot do is hit a kid. That's just that's just on the rules enough. Just point blank. Uh, I do want to know. I love that Barbara kind of rubbed in the salt into Janine's room. She's like, I wonder if I wonder if Tina tried counting. I wonder like, if she tried counting. Hey, yo, she was wildly this episode. I said, Wow, Miss Barbara Howard. I, she's I, us, Chris. I was like, that was that. I can't Thing. even call it shame. What is that? It was a stab and a twist. You're right. It was it was an eclipse. <laughs> it was an eclipse. What are you saying? What's the difference between shade and eclipse? It's the it was dark because some people throw shade just to do it. She's saying it because she's true and she's right. Whatever that day was that happened at Avatar Last Airbender, where the sun the day hit. dark sun the day black sun. That's that's what that was. It was it it it. Miss Barbara Howard was going for the moon. She says, "I'm I'm gonna kill your moon." Essentially, she did it. So. <laughs> I mean, right after that, though, it's still getting, it's still, like, nuts because Ava's talking about how, yeah, she had to fire Miss Schwartz for kicking did. a kid. And they're like, you hired her. She's like, but I also fired her because Ava's terrible at her job. She says, they give me so much authority around here. It's crazy. And she's like, everything's under control. No need to let anybody know that this happened on my, eek. I mean, the school's watch. And Janine just straight up says, Ava. This is not under control. There is a 70-year-old custodian who voted for Kanye teaching social studies right now. And we bump to Mr. Johnson pointing chalk at the board that says Illuminati and saying, that's who runs the world, kids. There are several points about this, right? For one, um, a a janitor teaching social studies is abysmal. Um, For two, the fact that they inserted the fact that he voted for Kanye and that in 15 years, I'm going to rewatch this with like a kid or a nephew or maybe one of my children. They're going to say, Kanye West? Ha ha, that's a funny joke. And I'm going to have to say, no, sweet child. He did indeed actually run young. for president and people did indeed actually vote for him. Again, this is an insertion of politics, even though it's fucking hilarious. It's also like, God help us. I like that it's a timestamp. One of my favorite things, I'm someone, I'm currently wearing a Golden Girl shirt right now. I love old TV. One of my favorite things in old TV is when you can see when things were happening, you you just get to be brought back into that time. So that's very clearly going to be bringing us back into the time that this was, no matter what year you're mm-hmm. watching it. Um, and so they're basically pleading with Ava, you know, to like, girl, do something, do your job. Anything, she does not do her job. So she finally, you know, acquiesces and she decides she's going to make an emergency request for the budget. And then she says, she tells everyone to email what they need. Um, and Janine's gloating. She's looking all smug. And Barbara's just like, mm, girl. Because, I mean, Barbara knows what we know. That email's not going to happen. No. Even if she gets the budget, do you really think of that not. it's going to go uh, well? Of fucking course not. Ava miss accountability. Ava miss check the receipts. Uh, yeah, okay, 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 okay. This might be one of my favorite scenes in the episode. I actually saw this scene before I watched the show and it was spoiled for me, but it's what made me watch this show. Like I was going to watch because of Quinta, but I'm also a person that doesn't like to watch things like one-on-one. I'm a binger. Mm -hmm. So when I saw this, I said, I got to be tapped in. Mm. Okay. Well, now we move forward into the the introduction of uh, Mr. Gregory Eddy. The haircut is so good. The waves, so good. And I'm just saying that as a fact, thirst aside. Now, a little bit of thirst included. God damn. There you go. There you go, buddy. Go ahead. Why are you surfing into the camera? You know. 
the spice what of if life. They don't want ex- what if they want that experience? Not everyone wants those tingles up their spine in the middle of a day. I mean, I listen to the middle of the day. I want plenty of tingles. I'm going to take another one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was like, that's a little, that feels sick worthy. <laughs> I want to call you a trollop a little bit. And so what if I am? And what about it? Anyway. Um, we are in the admin office. We see the misreduction, the the misreduction, the introduction of a Mr. Gregory Eddy. He walks in and is looking for the principal. Uh, and Ava comes running out, just tits and teeth. Uh, hello, you ring? He's like, uh, hi, I'm the substitute teacher. Because it appears that somebody checks notes, punted a kid. Rough. Bananas. Um, and she says, oh, you're the sub. I thought that you... Forgive me, I thought that one of my colleagues here hired a stripper for me. Buck wild. That is buck fucking wild. And I'm a stripper. Like, what are you, what? That's what got me to watch. It's a work day. I, I, no one likes you. Barbara Howard called a stripper? That's what you mean? But what's better is his response. (laughs) I'm crying, everyone. I want that to be very clear. He said, okay, because what is there to say? I don't know. I'm a stripper in real life. And if some, if I walked in to substitute teach and someone said, oh, I thought someone hired a stripper, I have no idea what I would do. I have no clue. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I can't breathe. Take, take, take your time. Take your time. All right, well. He says his name is Greg. Like, I don't remember what name Melissa calls him. And he says, my name is Gregory. And he says, she says, mm, let's see how long you can be here. Then I don't remember your name. She calls Not him Ryan. Ryan, then Tim. I really love to see it. And Melissa didn't tell a single lie. I completely understand all the smoke that these veteran teachers have because y'all are a fucking nuisance. Um, but I also did not remember how open the snark and the cynicism was because goddamn, y'all were letting them fly. And he ain't even do shit. He really just walked in here. He just got here. He just got here because somebody punched him Well, welcome. All right. Jacob also appears out of fucking nowhere oh and like God. goes like my dude and goes to like fist bump bro like goes to like dab him he up goes, basically no, no, no. He, yeah he goes to dab, dab him up, up. I, tr- I look twice I said what was that hand placement and then, and then Gregory also looks twice he says I know you're not you're simply not going to which I think that this is hilarious because little Chris had a white best friend he did yeah so now we see a grown up Gregory played by the same actor Man. who said absolutely not and I, as someone that grew up in an all-white area who did my time with my one white bestie, me and, you know, Bethany, if you listen to this, love you, Rockets since second grade, okay? I have no more. My quote is full. He gives him a handshake. And it's just, their interaction was so overwhelming to me. He asked him if he launches sports, you know, trying to bro out. Mm. And then says women's tennis, aka what I call regular tennis. It's so much. It's so much. And Jacob says... Oh, keeping it profesh when he goes for a regular handshake. So you mean Jacob's always been like this? Everything was bad. Uh, I decided to ignore it. So we get our first Gregory confessional, which is him saying, um, I actually was supposed to be the principal here. I applied for the job. I got it. And then I don't know, something happened. So now he's substituting at the same school that he was supposed to be the principal for. And then we get an immediate juxtaposition <laughs> with Ava's first confessional and she reveals to us day one that she goes to the same church as the superintendent, caught him cheating with his wife on the deaconess. I needed a job. Wow. <laughs> so I'm already screeching. <laughs> um, 
While I'm piecing together my soul, we get a switch and we're back with Janine. She's looking up prescription rugs, which I was still so confused. And while she's doing that, you we see a child. We go back to Janine and you hear a splatter. And I immediately knew, threw up. Kids be puking. They just be vomiting everywhere. The whole class. You and everywhere. And so just this is like a very small note. Again, just the way that they portray people and the way that every second is used, even on her way as they're walking to the bathroom, you can just hear, like, it's not meant to be like the focus, but you hear her go, yeah, it's all right. I throw up all the time. Just her comforting this child. Mm-hmm. And so she walks into the bathroom with this child to escort them. Maybe need to throw up some more. And so out comes, or standing in the ha- in the bathroom, is Gregory Eddy. Um, his shirt is drenched. So, yeah. And he has on child's pants. He, he has a pair of child's pants in his hand. And so just, <laughs> this scene, I watched it three times. So she goes, Brandon Bam. Child pants, security. <laughs> and so she's panicked. And he's like, no, he's trying to explain himself. He's like, no, I'm so sorry. One of he's my children they let him He's trying to explain himself. And so he's like, no, I'm the sub. And then she's like, no, no, no. That she like calms down and she's like, still doesn't explain the pants. Security! <laughs> Which I don't even think they have security. It's gonna be Mr. Johnson <laughs> running in with a barbed wire mop. <laughs> So then he continues explaining. She she kind of calms down. And then once she, because he explains, like, and then the, the, the toilet splash back on me. And then she's like, no one told you about reversey toilet. And then he just gets upset. It's like, why is that even a thing? It's so much emotion from Gregory Eddy. And we it's don't so get upset. this emo- much emoting from him for the next 10 episodes. So we get it. Like, no. we, we hit 80% of our quota off jump. He's at a 10. He's coming in hot. <laughs> he came in hot. And so, me being the lovely person that she is, she's like, okay, well, I have some child pants and I have some child pants and, you know, my classroom, let's switch. You watch my child. So this is my, again, I watched this scene another three times, mm-hmm. which was, they do a little kid swap. So she goes to the bathroom, escorts that young man out. She's also comforting that young boy yeah. as they're walking out. Everybody And pees. so we it's see, okay. everyone pees, it happens. Yeah. So then we see this young girl she gives we see the camera follow as we get the handoff this child grabs three of his fingers his his pointer middle and ring grabs those three he looks down at her and goes how you doing like an adult would and then this child goes and says but his response is again he goes all right and then there's just silence. also i want to hand it to the child actor bria you really killed that shit. You had one yeah, line, lines. one line twice. You're right. All she says is, I threw, she, Janine says, what happened? She says, I threw up. And then Gregory, how you doing? I threw up. That's all Because what else, there is, what else is there to talk about? That's all, we all have this moment as children. You know, when you had to wake your mom up in the night, you felt so bad. Because by the time you understand capitalism a little bit, you know, I know you got to go to work, but... I, you gotta work in the morning. I, I tried to hold it together. No, it was perfect. It was perfect. She really killed that shit. She did her dance. Yes, yes exactly. We're gonna see so many child stars come into superstars in the next fifteen years, and so many of them are making their show on it. This is gonna be that same thing where like we see all those kids that came from I think what was it Barney the Disney Channel, mm-hmm. Britney Spears, Ryan Gosling, all the music. Hold on babies. a second. Ain't Tyler James William got Barney credits? He do. Sesame Street. Um, Barney? Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. Sesame Street. 
Potentially both. Potentially both. Honestly, I'd have to look it up. Okay, so while Janina's getting the spare clothes for the child in her room, she actually comes back. Greg asks for her name. She welcomes him to the school, and you just see his eyes soften. And everyone everyone knows immediately, like, oh, okay, I see what this is. Because, again, they're quick. Everything is used in frame. Mm -hmm. And we even get a quick Greg confessional. He's like, that was disgusting. But she seems nice. What you mean by that? What you mean by that? We don't know Gregory well enough to know whether smiling like that for him is common. However, it's oh, I know what that smile was though. What it was was cute. I don't know you, but I know you. What what it was was a nigga that saw somebody he thought was cute. We all know what niggas are. We all know how niggas move. Exactly. So we're heading into the next day at school. Uh, we get the feeling that this was like sometime in the first week or so like we're really truly at the like the top of the the school year and we're into whatever the next day is um barbara is really trying to like janine is out here disrupting mrs barbara howard's class for literally no reason she walked in in the middle of a lecture and and comes in at mrs barbara well she's in the middle of a sentence like i don't know who she came in singing at what point at where you need to find your fucking decorum but i don't understand why you are doing this at what it has to be eight in the morning i know that she's too small to punch respectively but like i'm thinking about it i'm thinking about it she deserved a firm thwack. It was nuts. So um, they're in front of the kids and Barbara is really trying to give her the tea, not even on some like cynical jaded shit, but Barbara is trying to tell her, yo, listen, there's not going to be any help. And Janine is on her, but Ava said, but Ava said, and Barbara is like, listen to me, small one. No aid is coming. I don't care what kind of email you sent. I don't care what you tried to do. Ava is just a long, uh, another person in a long line of useless people who obstruct our job, the best thing that you can do for your students is show up and do your job and get the hell out of my classroom. She ain't say that because she's a woman of God, but I'm a sword in there for her. And Janine has this, there's a Barbara impersonation that goes on for way too long uh, because Ava comes over the loudspeaker and says, hey, everybody to the front because I got something to show you. Budget money, da-da-da, you know, whatever. Uh, and Janine acts out like her their, their victory, her victory conversation Way too long. And she shouldn't have done it in the first place. It was already not going to be a good joke, but the, oof. So I want to pull this car over for a second because I think that this is, there's a nuance of their dynamic in this conversation. I actually wrote it down that I think changes and shows showcases the difference between these two. Because in that argument that you're talking about earlier where, you know, Miss Barbara Howard's telling Janine, no one's going to save us. You know, you just need to do your job. Janine gets upset. And I think we need to talk about the difference in how they define doing their job. Because Janine says, the job is trying to make things better. Barbara says, the job is working with what you've got so you don't get let down. I actually think that both of them are right. And I think that they are two sides of the same coin. And I think that's what's going to make them such a lethal team together. It is, you know, it is the grumpy, the sunshine. It's the plucky youth and the old vet that combine together and they meet in the middle. And we are going to see that in this episode. But the way that they shove that so quickly in our face, and I don't think that's ever going to go away. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the a learning, conflict. Yeah, it's Janine learning to, you know, work with what you've got, but it's also Janine teaching other people how to have a little bit of hope and be like, I should ask for more. Yes. So Ooh, that's a really good note about hope. As Miriam Kava says, hope is a discipline. Um, yes. And you cannot just confide yourself to the crumbs that you're given. Because if you yeah. confide yourself to the crumbs that you're given, you're going to keep getting crumbs. It, it's actually how and- nothing really gets better. 
that's why I tend to like lean towards Janine a little bit because I do love that she provides hope in spaces where people typically are like, we just got to work with what we got. And that does close you off from asking, can I have this? Can I do this? Janine goes too extreme. Obviously, as a genealogist, I can see the flaws in my thought process. But I do like that she does this because you see later in this episode, spoiler, obviously, how this works. Mm-hmm. So they go outside. Um, side note, Ava looks great in that bus down. Oh, and they even talk about it's it. It's a suspiciously new bus down considering you just got into a win. They the don't ever say nothing because Ava's not going to... One thing Ava's not going to do is incriminate herself. However, what? <laughs> so essentially what happens is Ava says, you know, I had this money. We have, we got the emergency budget money. Everyone's super excited. And then she says, look what we did. And instead of like, you know, talking about the rugs that she got, anything, else, supplies, anything else, she shows a sign plastic that is sign. The, a plastic sign with the school's name on it, with her face on it. And then she, Barbara leads into Janine and asks how her optimism tastes. And again, <laughs> Dark night in the Northern Water <laughs> Tribe it was. <laughs> what a dark time it was. So we go from outside. So now we're in the hallway. Everyone's aggressively upset. Janine is going off. And Janine very clearly doesn't want to be want Barbara to be right. Because she even says, if Barbara's right, what does that say about me? She even says, like, am I even a Sagittarius? That's a quiet, like, nod. What is a Sagittarius? Um, just noting. I... Love that they've kind of put them on opposite ends of the spectrum. I just love seeing it. I do. It's so, it's such good writing. It's, it's oh my God. So what happens is Janine is riled up. She going to do, I'm going to do something. Someone's got to do something. I'm going to do bad, something. Big and bad. Exactly. Miss Big Step Talk Up. Talk mm-hmm. And Jacob is like, whatever you do, I'll co-sign it. He hilariously says, that's how change happens. Someone does something and someone co-signs it. Peak whiteness. Love it, Jacob. Keep it up. Make sure those white people feel nice and uncomfy looking directly at themselves. Mm-hmm. All right. So Janine goes and writes a strongly worded letter um, to the superintendent about Ava's behavior. She puts it in an email. She gets this down in the third. Ava, this bad. Hit send. Is feeling real good about herself because she finally did something and all these other bitches aren't doing it like her. And she tells Barbara triumphant, Barbara and Melissa, in the admin office that she sent uh, that she says oh don't worry everything's gonna get solved because i sent uh, an email request to the superintendent and they said you did what and she says yeah and they say yeah he don't see our emails he don't read that shit it immediately bounced back to the person in charge of the site and janine is putting that math together painfully slow and she's like well that would mean that it's and then the camera pans to ava because they literally in the admin office and Ava is staring right at her. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, there's a mandatory trust workshop for all of the During teachers lunch. over their lunch. Well, they, were about, they were about to go to lunch. They, were, they had their purses. They literally were about to go to lunch. And then this young, big steppa in her clown shoes trampled all over their quiet 30-minute plans for freedom. So now they all go to this trust workshop because it's apparent that they need to work on becoming a work family, which rain, uh, big oh. red, oh no, red oh. waving flags slapping us in the face. Let me just, here's how I feel about a work family. Oh. Like no. that is how a work Hell family no. makes me no. feel. Anyway, we're now in this little workshop in the library. Uh, love the amount of times that Ava's calling, you know, she's, harassing Greg. She calls him chocolate drop. She says, I was like, 
you gotta relax, I'm bro. Not this right. is work. No, I'm Please not alright at all. And so she basically is saying that you know she wants this to be a space that they can air out their grievances with each other. She wants to make it a group matter and not single anyone out. And then she says, "We're gonna start with Janine." She says, "You're pushy, squeaky, and annoying." Um, then she offers, you know, opens the floor to everyone. Um, as someone who's a little pushy, squeaky, and annoying, I said, "Ouch!" Um, just you know, I know who I am as a woman. Again, she opens for everyone. Then she tries to get Jacob to do it. Side note, Jacob starts the sentence, by the she way. Says, well, he says, hair. well, her hair. And I said, what you got to say about her white boy? Exactly. But Barbara cuts it off, said they're not doing Hold this. Hold on a second. Love that. We do have a comment from Mr. Johnson in the back, which we are also told was improv. She got some big feet, which has... <laughs> well, he did that right after he brought in, after Ava brought in Sheena, because Ava brought in one of Janine's students and was like, we brought Sheena in. And she doesn't even really want to say anything. And that's what Mr. Johnson says. He's got big feet. And then Janine just very clearly overwhelmed. Also like, girl, Ava, grow up. She stands up, takes accountability, and is like, I'm the person that emailed. She goes on a very long speech, and she ends it with, I care about the kids in this school, and it shouldn't be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Two points here. One, this wins, I think, her over in the eyes of the older vets because it lets them know she actually is here because she cares about the students. Yep. Like, she's not just here for a check. Obviously, your job. Or, you know, capitalism. to get your debt replaced she or moved. She cares about the students right. here. And also, I think it does flip their minds a little bit into, like, understanding, like, it's not wrong to have hope and try to ask for things. Mm-hmm. And so Bar- we even see Barbara looks touched. So Janine's about to leave. She offers the baby the pizza because J- Ava took that child during lunch, bro. Why does baby can't have lunch? Get her her carton of milk and her like weird cheese pizza. And that baby weird want public pizza. school pizza is the oddest contraption that has existed. And I'm not even saying it's bad. That used to be my one good meal for the day. I'm I saying it. that it's odd. I have never experienced food like that. No, I think about, there are some, okay. Bosco sticks? Cheese sticks? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going for. They would give you four, whatever those were. We only got, we only got two. I used to, I used to hustle for mine. By they, I mean my lunch ladies who liked me and knew that that was my one meal for the day. I understand. Mm-hmm. You need to get fed. Yeah, yeah but um, I do love Bosco sticks. That being said, even Sheena turns down the pizza. Uh, Barbara <laughs> stands up and defends Janine, yes. which again, thinking about who, not only who's solved, no, we're thinking about who's solving whose issue here. Mm-hmm. Barbara, given that they have been clearly placed on opposite ends of how they view their job, Barbara is now seeing a little bit of Janine's side of the story. Janine goes see Barbara's side shortly, but she... It's very clear that Janine's speech has touched people. And it's like, no one, we're not doing this. We're not going to do this mess, Ava. Like, girl, goodbye. People even like are on Janine's side, which love that. Because everyone likes to be like, oh my God, you're annoying this, that, and the third. It works. That's all I have to say. Well, hold on. It didn't work. Uh, her her methods didn't work Not in the way that I wanted to, but it works at the end of the day. It, it, you, you were publicly flayed unnecessarily and people have sympathy for you let's not get ahead of ourselves however your gumption is finally appreciated now that it's in the right context i suppose (laughs) okay well we have i'll nod barbara leaving and then people start to leave behind her and then ava had the parents to be like where are y'all going the fuck you mean to eat lunch well fuck and then they also also to go check on janine because you're just like for what 
you know? I can't even imagine yeah. how I would feel if I were put on blast like that in front of, like, my entire colleagues. For caring. For caring. For having my child, one of my children, taken out of lunch. Now you don't even get to eat lunch because I'm trying to do my best by you. Like, you're, you're literally being punished. It's absurd, upsetting. Um, Janine is outside in the hallway. We have Barbara coming right after her with, don't worry about that Janine big feet or a sign of fertility. Hilarious. What I love that. Hilarious. That's her, that's her version of comfort. I love it. And Janine's standing outside her classroom. They're all looking in. And Janine's just kind of standing there like a little quiet. So I think, you know, they, they kind of, the, the stampede holds up like, okay, well, what's going on? They look inside. One of Janine's students is napping on the straight floor because there's no rug. Um, and they're all talking about this student because, you know, it's second grade. So he's been at Abbott since kindergarten. He's passed through some teachers. Yeah, he's passed through some teachers and those teachers know what's up with him. It's a rough home life. Got a lot of kids, you know. Parents are fighting. It's not a lot of sleep at home. So this child comes and takes a nap on the rug every day because he says the rug is softer than his bed. I feel, I like literally feel myself getting emotional even talking about this because I had teachers that did this for me when I was in high school and I was working my ass off to get to college and to have internships and to be in Spanish honors and to also work my part-time job so that I could buy groceries for my family. They knew that I didn't sleep. So if I passed out in class, they would send me to the nurse and call the nurse ahead of time and be like, let the kids sleep. Like, I'm so grateful for teachers like this that see us and just let us sleep. And the rug is a huge, like we see, we're hearkening it back to the culture needs, the structural needs. Of, of a rug in a classroom it's the little shit when you are in a public yeah. school and you only have so much it's the littlest shit and then so when you can't even give your kids the littlest shit and you're watching a child sleep face to tile it's also a reminder to people that like i don't know if anyone else thought about like i don't know maybe everyone not everyone has like the attachment to like their rugs in classrooms that most i don't know some of those public school children do mm-hmm. but in general it might seem meaningless to you, but there is almost always a meaning if you ask or if you were patient. Yep. Like I feel like there's a lot of times people like overlook like, oh, well, why do you need this, that, and the third? Yeah, the easy shit, the, the things that feel like, oh, it's useless, you can do without, why does it matter? Da, da, da. There's a reason. There's a reason for all yeah. of it. It's just, it was, it was a very moving scene. And we're in the middle of this uh, reckoning that Janine is having, realizing how she, I think this is like a moment of, of realization for her. Um, about mm-hmm. how she comes off to people. Um, and she makes a decision that, you know, she says this powerful line, I don't care if you think that I'm good at this. I care about being able to make a change. Yes. Like I heard the like Mario, like the plus one mm-hmm. of she evolved. She's leveled up. And I also think, again, leveling up in the eyes of her coworkers as well and being pl- being moved now to, Oh yeah, you could you can roll with us a little bit now. Like mm-hmm. you can roll with us now. You've earned your stripes. You've shown that you actually care. Cause I think I'm thinking of a TV show where like the whole purpose of like a whole task was to not care. Like it when you care about how other people view you, do you really care? Like that type of conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the older teachers, we got veterans there, right? Mrs. Barbara Howard and Ms. Shimenti. Um they comfort her. And this is the first time we see this on camera because this whole show, they've been like, but <laughs> right ops. now, not even ops, but it's just like, girl, lady. Barbara was shading her all day. It was the dark day <laughs> in the Northern Water <laughs> Tribe. They was ops. A little help, ladies. Girl, you're lucky I don't run you over with my car. 
she called the holster for her breasts old. And they are. There's anywhere we and they fucking there. are. So if a spade's a spade, I'm just supposed to pretend? That's what you want? I'm not saying pretend, but I see a stab with a twist when I see it. Like, I, we're not going to pretend that that was a thwack. You know, like, you're not going to tell me, you're not going to pee on me and call it rain, bro. Come on. It's been so many emails that Barbara has to pretend like it's spam. We didn't see the first year. That's all I'm going to say. We didn't see the first year. Because I feel like... Keep it going. <laughs> Move your little show forward. Come on. Miss Barbara Howard says, amazingly, listen, we're admin. We are social workers. We are therapists. We are second parents. Hell, sometimes we're even first parents. Miss meant to chime in. Like, I can make more walking, working the street. Easy. I said... Jacob looked confused, too. Indeed, she could. Like, what you mean confused? Jacob looked confused. That's the rack on Miss Shimenti. Sorry, I'm going to take a drink for that. I understand. I'm just saying. It's a fact. It's a fucking fact. It's a fucking fact. Bro. No. We also... Do not even pretend like you were not on Twitter the day that Miss Shimenti... Uh, sorry, not Miss Shimenti... The Walter, Mrs. Walter, stepped out on that. Scene. We're gonna take a big long drink because you know the exact dress I'm talking about. All of us said, "No, I'm thinking inappropriate thoughts." No such Twitter exists. <laughs> no idea what you're talking you, you about. Find the will to tell. Tell the truth to shame the devil. I may or may not go ahead. Take a drink. A salacious. I did. I did. I sipped. I said thrice. I knew what I knew was in my heart. I remembered. I said, if she wanted that rack, she could. But sorry, racks I mean money. I mean money. I mean money. Anyway, I'm just saying. Um, mm-hmm. They it commiserate. They commiserate. Those veteran teachers really step up and be like, "Listen, we gonna find a way to make it work." Miss um, Barbara Howard says, "I suggest we put the money together and buy a union rug, which was lovely and so good to see. And that's often how teachers show up for one another. We'd be passing the same twenty dollars around because Janine immediately says you can't do that because I know your salary. I got paid your salary. You can't afford it. That broke my heart. It really did. I mean, that's so common. Because they're like, that's how things get done. Exactly. Someone puts it on a credit card and someone gets it back the next time. As some, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it is what it is." Um, however, Janine finds it within herself to be resourceful, but, you know, maybe I might know someone who knows a guy, pointed looks, and Mrs. Cementi. Mm-hmm. And Melissa says, I'm gonna have to pick a ZD. <laughs> and then she says, hey, John, you big good. She's over here smooth talking this man. I said, oh, 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 wow. Well, so. I mean, it's real quick at this point. So then we get a Janine confessional. She's talking about, you know, you just have to find a way. She's back on her optimism shit. We quickly see that it worked. The ZD worked. Mm -hmm. This man pulls up with a bunch of rugs. Everyone's going to grab him. Janine tries to ask him his name, of course. Um, And at the same time, Melissa and this man go, I don't got a name. name. Why are you asking questions like this? She's been blowing up the spot. Um, This is my favorite scene so we're in the hallway again hi mr gregory eddie because he's in the, i think he was laboring wait, wait, wait. In the back oh, so i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i gotta zoom in on these rugs for a second because it is such a moment of triumph oh because it's the philadelphia eagles it's the philadelphia like we eagles. in philly town baby the person that melissa calls in the favor from is not just any old rug store mafia related thing which rug stores are indeed mad suspicious it is also sorry my cat just walked across my desktop i know y'all heard that she said how? 
It is also someone directly related to the new stadium they're building for the Philadelphia Eagles. So not only is it new rugs, it's Eagles rugs. And all the teams are unrolling these rugs on a montage where Janine is talking hopefully. You know what? Yeah, this does stuff. Yeah, we broke as hell. Yeah, we don't have enough money. But you know what we do got? Gumption and mafia ties. Period, ho. We also get Ava solidifying herself as a season one villain because she's walking past these teachers have a triumphant moment and she looks Janine directly in her eyes and glares at her. Like, how dare you succeed? How dare you succeed when I wanted you to fail? Now... For my Teddy fans, because I've just decided that it's going to be Teddy, Teagues, and Eddie, because Greg Mean don't roll off the tongue. Yeah. I'm not new to the ship game, so follow behind. Follow the lead. <laughs> I'm the line leader. Okay, like, AO3. So, hello? Peace. It's a save tab on my computer. Mm-hmm. No shame on my Anyway, game. never that. Uh, anyway, walking down the hallway, Greg and Janine, and he just says, you're on a mission. It's cool to see just with admiration and like appreciation in his eyes. And then, you know, they're talking about the drink. They're talking about the school. And he's like, yeah, you know, the job definitely surprised me. He's a little shocked. You know, he's been here a couple days now. It's not just his first day anymore. You have to remember, it's been some time. And then Janine goes, I hope you stay for the kids, by the way. And then, you know, he walks away. He gives a little wistful look, which that man stay looking over his shoulder at that girl. And then he gives his confessional. He's like, I'll stick around for a while for the kids. Again, pausing. Like, they are starting this up so quickly. Also, them in this hallway, a theme. Like, we're already going to be able to talk about it. A theme. Them in that hallway, the little hallway walks, brushing shoulder shoulder to elbow. Because, you know, she's short. I don't really know how that height works out. You know, I'm excited. James Williams is not a particularly tall man. But I do really love to see him in a leading man role. <laughs> Even with That's like fucking good, he do, he do look good. As a I statement really of fact, like yeah, I really like it's it. Really I bring back fine black leads first. The fuck of all, because some of these fine black leads that y'all want me, yes, that's what I'm saying. Some of these black leads that you want me to be thirsting over, they're they're clearly like, oh, he has light eyes. I'm like, uh, where are the niggas that can tie a do rag on at night? You know, when it's slipping, and I can just bring that back for you. That's what I'm trying to be. Bring them back. And here we have it. And I really love to see someone, because I think that Tyler James Williams' most famous role is still Everybody Hates Chris. Like, it is it is a cult classic. It's a hood classic. It's a multi-generational classic. I think it's still in syndication. Like, he got money. He got money. <laughs> Period, okay? And he did that as a child. So to have your, like, biggest known thing happened when you were a youth it can be difficult to transition into the full robustness of adulthood where you do get to be seen as sexy or desirable or you know a man you know what yeah. i'm saying so it's i really love hard. it's a really like graceful difficult move. it's difficult and we see people fumble it all the fucking time especially when they go too hard on the sex appeal and i think Tyler James williams does it just right i think he, i think he's doing just enough I can't explain it, but I want you to drink. I, it's hard to explain. But this is the best friend vibe, everybody. This is like, I know y'all didn't read it, my man, my but man, I can mm. look in their eyes and know that there was salacious thoughts behind EC's feelings. Like, I know my bestie. What do you want me to say? So, rounding out the episode, again, oh, this is actually where we see Janine, you know, throw that rug out. Ava's menacingly glaring bad. at her for doing the Be damn bad. thing. 
Stay mad, bling bling, bitches is mad. But what we do see is Barbara wordlessly come in, put a little bit of odor and stain spray on her table and walk out. Huge. Because what that is, that's an induction into the code. Like that's Victory, the bitch. Victory. And then we also see uh, the ending scene is just Janine trying to fix reverse toilet. And she does good. She gets to step three. And then she's like, okay, now I'm going to start. And then she just didn't listen to the directions all the way. And they're like, actually, you got to go back and redo this. But before she gets to that, she does start it. And then she gets sprayed by reverse toilet. So, no. you know, she got a little too big for her maxi skirt, but she tried. <laughs> her maxi skirt. She loves a maxi skirt. Yes, As a short girl, I respect the maxi skirt. I love maxi skirts. That's such an interesting choice. You know, as a small person, sometimes <laughs> it's just nice to feel big. Right? I'm not going to knock your hustle. I got fabric billowing around me. I'm a big stepper now. Come on, I'm big stepper. Step. You better throw on some kitten heels. Call it a day. <laughs> that was a low blow. <laughs> Listeners, that was a low blow in our friendship. It, you see, no sense. Sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was mean and unnecessary. You're talking to a six-inch heifer. I don't really know what to tell you. On a, it, on a light day. It was a reasonable heel. It was reasonable. We were going on a walk. I was in heels and we were walking up hills. You know what? That's the end. That's season one, episode one. That's the pilot. Quinta won an Emmy for this. Obviously, I know why. It's such a good show. Such a good show. So many, like seeds were planted mm-hmm. and i can't wait for us to keep talking about the development and their growth now i'm gonna tell y'all here and now okay i'm going to get up on so many soapboxes about how deeply political this show is be i'll be funny. right there next to you me pulling out the theory i'm gonna be like have you read have you seen do we know okay because these writers are brilliant they're brilliant it is one thing to be able to talk about theory and, you know, reference like Foucault or some bullshit that ain't nobody going to read. It's another thing to be able to say it in plain language, put it in plain context and say, this is the state of our country. What are we going to do? OK, this is a deeply so political while show. You're, while you're up, this is kind of the dynamic. This is how this came to be. While you're on that soapbox, I'm actually at a chalkboard. I've got two chalkboards. I have th- I have strings and theories yep. running around because yep. I love I like watching sitcoms and I like the writing of sitcoms. It's so it's so fun, so entertaining. So we're just going to be talking about. Oh, did you remember that? Oh, how about this? Like, so we're just going to be experiencing the show together. It's a deep dive, folks. You better get your panties together. Pull out oh, the nice sweet. ones, you know. Accelerated readers, lean in. <laughs> I kind of want that to be the name of this. I'm not gonna lie. The, us, I would after class and our accelerated readers. Because I feel like everybody could be an accelerated reader. All right, accelerated readers, we're going to catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Can't wait to uh, talk about season one, episode two, because, oh, Zooey Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I really just want, I want to put a kick me sign on Janine's back, but I'm trying to have some grace. I be, I, no, yeah, we got to eat dinner. Sign <laughs> I got to go, bro. I got to relax. I got to, oh, why? I, I got to need Janine. You. I love you. I'll talk to you later. I love you too. Bye, y'all. Bye.